Howdy folks and welcome back to Web Slingers. I am Daniel. The Green Goblin is just a man who needs mental help, Macaluso, and this is my co-host, Charlotte. The Green Goblin has a split personality disorder, Eginton. So today we watched Spider-Man, which I know, surprising, but no folks, that's just the whole name of this one. It's spider dash man. Don't don't like don't think it's one word. I thought, you know what? Um I'm one of the hosts of the Spider Man podcast. I did not think there was a dash there. Yeah, look at that. Oh. Capital M too. Okay. You know what? Well, if we're listening to what Toby thinks the name should be, it should be the amazing man spider. <laughs> no, the human spider. <laughs> the human spider, that's right. Folks, this one we all saw it as a child. We all saw it when we were children. It's the 2002 Tobey Maguire film, Spider-Man. And we loved it. What a fun Spider-Man web-slinging movie. And I'm here to tell you folks, it holds up perfectly. Yeah, 100%. This movie is amazing. It has everything you want. Peter Parker being a stalker. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker creepily stalking Mary Jane. Uh-huh. For a while, Peter Parker stalks Mary Jane. And does anything else happen in this film? Um, well, there is that part where Mary Jane is not his girlfriend. And then the part where Mary Jane is also not his girlfriend. And then at the end of the movie, Mary Jane's like, oh, hey, I want to be your girlfriend. And he's like, no. Well, let's not let's not sugarcoat this. Not only does Mary Jane want to be his girlfriend at the end of the film, before they've had a first date, after they have kissed one time, she does go, I love you, Peter Parker, which I can understand why Peter Parker said no to this, because that's quick. That's very quick. Yeah, but his his reasoning, he's he's been in love with Mary Jane for, like, his entire life. His reasoning was not, oh, shit, she's kind of... She might be a little bit infatuated with me because of, you know, some traumatic things that have happened. Uh, he's just like, no. It's always going to be the ones that I love who get hurt. So I can't be with her. Okay. Let's, let's start at the beginning to remind people what this film is all about. Peter Parker, in a much better origin story than Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker goes to a spider museum, which exists, and is bitten by a regular-ass spider. It is not a DNA genetically modified spider with his father's blood, like, laced throughout it. Okay, but, like, it is a genetically engineered spider. What What's it being genetically engineered to do? So it's... The lab... That they visit the spider as, museum as a field trip. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Oh yeah, look at all these cool abilities spiders have. What if we put all these cool abilities into one spider?" All spiders have the same abilities. That's all I'm gonna say. They crawl and they are horrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> Those are the two abilities of spiders. You need to brush up on your spider lore, sir. Okay. Peter Parker is bitten by a red and blue spider that is very much looking like the costume he will later design completely by chance. Mm -hmm. uh, 
some bullshit happens. Um, and eventually Mary Jane's like, man, I sure am in love with any guy that owns a car. (laughs) (laughs) That's... Yeah, yeah, um... Peter Parker decides that the way to win Mary Jane's heart is to buy a car. The worst car possible, might we add. He flips to the very end to the cheapest car in the paper. I mean, he broke. What are you gonna do? Yeah, that being said, how is the cheapest car still $3,000? You know what? He lives in New York City. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I got my first car for 100 bucks and a handshake, folks. (laughs) Yeah, he should have gone to New Jersey. I mean, Total, I totally could have gotten a car for like a stick of gum. I'd rather pay three thousand dollars in New York City than travel to New Jersey <laughs> at all. And I think Spider Man is on my side here. Okay, <laughs> Jersey hater. Okay, so Peter Parker sees that there is a car for sale for three thousand dollars. He goes. How am I going to get this money? And then flips to the next page of the paper where a deus ex machina, there is an ad for if you survive three minutes in the ring with a wrestler whose name is probably Bulldozer or Skull Crusher or or Bonesaw. Yeah, remember? Because the the people are sawing their bones. I remember (laughs) the people were sawing their bones. If you can last three minutes in the ring with Bonesaw, you win three thousand dollars what that's the exact amount of money without tax that you would need to buy this car incredible peter parker does not figure tax into this equation well we have to suspend our disbelief the car is two thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars if he wins three thousand dollars he will have five dollars left to pay for tax that does not work we have to suspend our disbelief peter parker does not have a job in this film well, he kind of does, but he gets fired from it for Spider-Man activities. We'll get to that later, folks. Suspend your disbelief and believe that maybe Peter has enough saved up for sales tax. From from what? From doing what? His uncle lost his job. I don't know, maybe. He oh yeah, like guys, his jobs. his uncle lost his job and instead of trying to help out the family with this money, Peter Parker decides that he would rather spend it on a car. The shittiest car. The shittiest car. Uh Uncle Ben in Okay, let's let's review this Uncle Ben real quick. He's fine, folks. This is not This is not Andrew Garfield's Uncle Ben. Yeah, Uncle Uncle Ben in The Amazing Spider-Man didn't take no shit. This this Uncle Ben, I feel, was a little bit too soft on Peter. At one point, Uncle right before he dies, Uncle Ben delivers the line to Peter, with great power comes great responsibility, and Peter Parker goes, you're not my dad, I hate you. <laughs> And Uncle Ben goes, you're right, I'm not your dad, it's okay that you hate me, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's basically the last thing Peter says to his um, foster father. Alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Uncle Ben, so he, he goes to the underground wrestling match after designing a Spider-Man costume, uh, and 
if well, you watch designing is a is a strong word you if know? you watch nothing else of this film watch the segment where he designs the costume and look at all of the sketches he goes through because one of them has like six arms taped to his back <laughs> and that's very good i think he should have gone with that one so peter parker finally uh decides that his costume will look exactly like spider-man looks uh and then we excuse you are you forgetting what his costume looked like when he went to the wrestling match but that's not what he designed it to look like in the sketchbook that's what he it was able to put together okay all right that's so fair. he goes to the wrestling ring he gets in the costume the costume's like blue sweatpants and a red hoodie and a, a red ski mask and like a nacho libre red ski mask mm -hmm. God, we should watch Nacho Libre. Is Nacho Libre canonically a Spider-Man film? Because the costume that Nacho Libre wears is blue and red. I think I think that makes him Spider-Man. Okay, I think we should watch Nacho Libre. Yeah. Uh, that's the first time that sentence has ever been said. <laughs> so, he goes in, and man, people hate this twink. Yeah, like, I, I understand that they're trying to intimidate him as he goes into the ring, but, like, he's already, like, this this small man, and everyone's like, you're gonna die! I believe one of Bonesaw's, like, ringside supporters, who are these very scary-looking women in very scary-looking clothing, like, looks at Peter Parker and is like, your uncle's gonna die tonight! And it's like... <laughs> That's weirdly accurate. Yeah. I, I really liked how they were, um, they were taking out the guy who was, um, fighting Bonesaw before, like, on a stretcher, and he was like, my legs! I can't feel my legs! So yes, Bonesaw kills Matt. Like, Bonesaw is... Just a straight-up murderer. Bonesaw's a straight-up murderer, and also, the actor they got for Bonesaw is just, like terrifying looking like this man has bigger muscles than i've ever seen in any wwe wrestler also he kind of sounds like hulk hogan he sounds a little bit like hulk hogan uh bonesaw is amazing bonesaw should have been the hero of this film mm -hmm. peter parker says some very homophobic things to bonesaw about yeah. his costume yeah, what the fuck peter i know it's 2002 but that's not okay peter parker goes Nice outfit. Did your husband design that for you? And Bonesaw growls and charges him. Peter Parker does 17 backflips. Uh, it's crazy. I think he punches Bonesaw once in the head. Yeah, I, I don't think he does much actual fighting. No, I think he punches Bonesaw once and, like, all of Bonesaw's bones break. Uh... He's gonna need a bone saw He's gonna now. need a bone to repair his bones? Yeah, because some of the breaks were probably messy. So, you so, know, they might need a bone saw to just kind of put everything back together in a way that makes sense. Get it? Bone saw? His name's Bone Saw. So he goes to collect the $3,000. <laughs> and the guy's like... Here's a hundred bucks. You didn't last three minutes. You beat him in two. Get out of my office, kid. And Peter Parker leaves his office. And then the movie ends.
Yeah, he never does anything morally questionable. I don't remember the next part of this film. It is a very mm-hmm. boring Spider-Man movie, folks. You really don't remember the next part? The next part is when, um, you know, the guy robs, mm. you know, the the guy who's in charge of the whole wrestling match who just ripped off Peter, and then Peter lets, you know, the the robber go because mm. he's like, well... You, you just ripped me off, man. I'm not exactly going to okay. be doing you any favors. The guy ends up shooting Uncle Ben. No surprise. Uncle Ben dies. Uh, Peter Parker chases this man through the city, eventually taking him to an abandoned warehouse where Peter Parker kills him. This is not a joke. Peter Parker in this movie is a straight-up murderer. Uh... And yet, I still prefer him to Andrew Garfield. Yeah, Andrew Garfield's just a real dick. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's supposed to... I don't know if the criminal's supposed to be dead. The criminal falls out of a five-story building and lands on his neck. He doesn't He doesn't actually fall five stories. He falls, like, two stories. He lands on his neck. I still don't know if he's supposed to be dead. I'm pretty sure that he's just supposed to be you know, arrested. Spider-Man kills this man. Um, next up, he follows Mary Jane around very creepily for, like, 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Osborn gets angry. So angry that he becomes the Green Goblin. Yeah, that's that's the next plot point in this movie. There's, it uh, there's hap- nothing you're missing. It happens earlier, but like he, be- Harry Osborn becomes the Green Goblin. You mean Norman? Norman, that's right. Harry's his son. Yeah. Norman Osborn becomes the Green Goblin. I'm sorry, they're both just such forgettable characters. Uh, Norman Osborn becomes the Green Goblin, but it's like a split personality, so he doesn't know he's the Green Goblin for a little while. At least. For a little while, is. Then he just starts talking to himself. And Harry Osborn is dating Mary Jane. But he doesn't tell Peter. Because Harry Osborn and Peter are living together. Yeah, which which is awkward. But, like, you know, I'm on Harry's side with his justification. Like, Peter has had a crush on Mary Jane since he was, what, six? And he's never made a move. And... You know, Mary Jane breaks it off with Flash after they graduate high school. Mm-hmm. So Peter has a lot, lot of weird time skips in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's pretty unclear how much time is supposed to have passed in the movie because actually, I don't know if. I don't know if we ever see Peter go to college classes, like... But we know that he's, like, working at a college lab for a while, because he says that he was working for, um, Doc Connors. Yeah. And gets fired for being Spider-Man and missing work all the time. Which reminds me... No, Harry's in the right here. Uh, Harry's in the right here, if only because during one of Spider- or one of Peter's stalking phases... He hears Mary scream in her house because she lives next door, and then they run into each other at back, and he says, you scream good sometimes. And that's bad, folks. 
Don't say that to a girl. Don't say you scream good sometimes. I feel like, like, obviously this is not a good thing to say, but I feel like you're taking it out of context. She was like, oh, you heard all that? And he was like, well, you scream good sometimes, meaning that they're loud. So, you know, I feel like it's no. <laughs> slightly less bad. You cannot say to a woman, you scream good sometimes. You uh, can't say that to a man. You can say that to no one except somebody who is trying out for a horror movie and has to scream. What about, um, what about a person who does screamo? Uh, fine, fine. There are very few things that you should say this to. Okay. They're at the Life Day Parade. The Culture Day Parade. The Unity, Unity Day. Day Parade. And Peter Parker is on the ground because he's a poor college student. And Mary Jane and Harry are up on the balcony because they're rich mm -hmm. and cool. They're upper class. They're so upper they class. are physically above Peter. <laughs> Which is how it works in the real world, yeah. too, most of the time, actually. Um, so this is happening right after um, the Oscorp board tells Norman that he's out. Oh, yes, that's, that's right. Yeah. And, um... So, surprise, surprise, you know, at this Oscorp-sponsored event, Green Goblin shows up and fucks shit up. Green Goblin throws a grenade at the board members that does go off and turns them into Halloween store prop skeletons that then clatter to the ground and make a xylophone noise. Yeah, that was, that was terrifying. I had nightmares about that. <laughs> He has a grenade that turns people into skeletons, and yet when he fights Peter Parker, when he fights Spider-Man, he just uses his fists and one time a knife. Well, I feel like there is some justification in that. See, the board wronged him. <laughs> Peter Parker... Peter Parker also wrongs him. No, but he kind of still wants Peter to be on his side. He wants, he wants to seduce Spider-Man and fuck shit up even worse. He really does, folks. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson is in this film, played by J.K. Simmons. And a treasure, a national treasure. Yeah, absolutely. While we do not agree with J. Jonah Jameson's views on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love J. Jonah Jameson, nevertheless. Yeah. At one point in the film, uh, after the Unity Day parade, after Spider-Man denies the Green Goblin's offer to join him and become evil. Uh, <laughs> you know, his his polite offer. His, it was actually a pretty polite offer, as far yeah. as supervillains go. Okay, wait, actually, jumping back to the Unity Day. At the end of the Unity Day fight, Peter Parker reaches up, rips out some wires from Green Goblin's glider, and Green Goblin just kind of spirals into the sky <laughs> while yelling, You haven't seen the last of me, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, so we just uh, we just got transported into like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. It was very 1970s Spider-Man cartoon-esque. Yeah. Like... Mm -hmm. It was wild that that was what happened. 
Okay, so Green Goblin shows up at the Daily Bugle and blows up the window of J. Jonah Jameson and goes, who is the man who is taking the photos of Spider-Man? You are employing him, so you know. Peter Parker is standing five feet away at this point, and J. Jonah Jameson goes, I don't know who it is. He's just some dude who makes dead drops. I've never seen his face. I don't know him. Which would be pretty impressive because, like, okay, if you've never met this guy and he's just giving you these photos through, like, dead drop locations, how is he getting paid? Like, are you, are you just leaving him money at the dead drop locations? And if so... That's usually how dead drops work. Yeah, but, like... I'm just thinking, how would how would you get started? Like, would he send you, like, one sneak preview picture and be like, visit this location with this amount of money for more? It doesn't matter. What I what, think it does. What really matters here is that J. Jonah Jameson w- had his life in danger, and instead of ratting out Peter, who was right there, who J. Jonah Jameson does not know is Spider-Man. <laughs> Instead of, <laughs> sorry, our cat just fell off of a tower. Um, instead of ratting about J. Jonah Jameson, heroically lies, putting his own life in danger. Honestly, J.K. Simmons would have made a better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire. And he does dress up as Spider-Man at one point during the trilogy. And I think they should have just run with that. They should have ran, ran, ran with it, folks. It should have been revealed. That, oh, yeah, it wasn't the spider bite that actually gave Peter his powers. It turns out it's the suit. Okay. And now J. Jonah Jameson is Spider-Man. <laughs> so, fast forwarding a little bit. Uh, Green Goblin shows up a few more times. Uh, keeps attacking Mary Jane. No, Mary Jane's attacked by the Green Goblin and then is attacked by four ruffians. <laughs> And that is when the Spider-Man kiss happens that we all have implanted in our memory as, like, super romantic. Folks, go rewatch the Spider-Man kiss. Seems damp. It seems damp. He's unshaven. He's got, like, a five o'clock shadow. But he doesn't grow a five o'clock shadow like your Fifty Shades of Grey man does. His five o'clock mm-hmm. shadow is more like 20-year-old boy five o'clock shadow. <laughs> And it's upside down, his nose is covered, so he can't breathe while this is going on. It's a bad kiss, folks. Also, he definitely couldn't have gotten a boner because he was upside down. He's upside down. All the blood's rushing to his head. I, I feel like I feel like that can't have been like that can't have been a good time for him. Like it... maybe maybe it was romantic for Mary Jane. I don't know. Like she seems, she seems to kind of come back to it later in the series, but doesn't matter. Spider-Man is—it's a bad kiss. Yeah. Uh, it's not good. Also, let's just say that um, this scene very conveniently happens in the pouring rain and it seems that mary jane is not in fact wearing bra so oh yeah no you you can see mary jane's nips the whole time Mm -hmm. it's very male gazy it's a nips out scene the whole the way the entire movie treats mary jane is incredibly male gaze 
Yeah, because she doesn't seem to have she a lot of... no agency. Yeah, she doesn't seem to have a lot of character outside of being several people's girlfriend over the course of the movie. So, she's, she's just... She's, she's just there. And she's, she's dating several guys at several different points. That's about it. Yeah, and also, we, we never, we never really get an answer as to why she was dating Flash, because she doesn't seem to actually like him very much. We don't really get an answer as to why she was dating, um, Harry, honestly. Yeah, like, I, I get that, like, Harry's a little bit better than Flash, but she just genuinely doesn't seem to like Flash. Like, she seems irritated by him more often than not. Okay. They have a big fight at Thanksgiving. Uh, Harry and Mary Jane break up. We fast forward a bit, and there's the final standoff between Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. Because the Green Goblin found out that Peter was Spider-Man at Thanksgiving dinner. Due to a cut on his arm that the Green Goblin had given Spider-Man earlier. But Peter Parker had gotten from a bicycle messenger. Okay. Spider-Man wins. They bury Norman. Mary Jane and Spider-Man get together. No, but they don't. They don't. <laughs> I would like to talk about how wonderful a villain the Green Goblin is in this film. Because he is definitely, like, he is not your new wave Marvel villain's where, like, he has this big supervillain plot to take over the world or anything. The Green Goblin is here to just mess things up and have a great time doing it. Like, he's so over the top, folks. In the final confrontation, he's dangling Mary Jane off a ledge. And <laughs> oh also God, yeah. an entire, like... Cabin fool? What do you even call those things? Um, I think it's like a gondola. Okay, an entire gondola full of children, which is in the middle of the night. I don't know why this gondola is full of children. Well, the question is, how long have the children been here? Maybe Green Goblin's <laughs> just been like... It's been there for holding, a while. Yeah, maybe he's just been waiting for Spider-Man. But like, this is... this Green Goblin is the kind of villain who will drop a gondola full of children or set a building on fire just to pretend to be an old woman hiding in it to scare yeah, Peter. Yeah, that's, that's very extra. <laughs> He's the kind of guy to show up at a Life Day or at a Unity Day parade and pop the floats just to watch the kids cry as they drain the air out of them. Like, everything about this dude is just... <laughs> It's the gondola full of kids, folks. Yeah, like, will you save your girlfriend? You're all the little children. And it's like, yeah, yeah, literally. He is he is standing in a burning building, wrapped in a moo-moo. And when Peter Parker shows up, he's like, Or oh, Pete, or oh, Spider-Man, um really burned alive here and then he turns around and just like mm. cackles <laughs> and it's like why didn't you just write to me <laughs> i mean do you do you think he would have shown up <laughs> probably yeah because he was trying to take him out yeah yeah that's true he could have just been like hey spider-man i'm gonna be here at this time to talk about 
our deal. Or even when he lit the building on fire, because that's gonna get Spider-Man's attention, he could have just been, like, waiting outside of the building. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have had a very dramatic fight scene inside of a burning building. Where where Spider-Man's arm gets cut, which leads to the reveal. Let's... I feel like the most interesting part of this movie is the Green Goblin, though. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. The Green Goblin and, and Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, who plays Norman Osborn? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. What an actor, folks, Willem Dafoe is. Because he is really the redeeming quality of this film. I think so. I think he is. I do not think Tobey Maguire could have made this movie stand on his own. I feel like you are judging this Spider-Man movie by today's superhero movie standards. Like, you have to realize that this was, like, back in the era when superhero movies were very shitty. So, the standards were a lot lower. Okay. Okay. But I I do admit that Willem Dafoe's performance as Norman Osborn slash the Green Goblin does stand out. The way that they first reveal that, like, Norman Osborn is starting to understand that he is the Green Goblin is he will catch himself in the mirror and you will see his face talking when he is Norman and you will see the mirror like reflection of him speaking when he's the Green Goblin and when they focus on the mirror Willem Dafoe like transforms his face into this like mask of like cruelty and and just like like a goblin and changes his voice and he carries on these conversations with himself where his acting really, really shines through because it cannot be easy to carry on a dialogue with yourself as two different people. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive. Like, no. it, it's, it, it reminds me of um, Split. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, he is in his final battle and he is pleading with Peter to get him help to heal him. Because he doesn't want to be the Green Goblin. He doesn't want to kill these people. And, like, not only was Peter Parker fooled by this performance, but so was I. Like, I'm like, this man, I forgot that he died in this film. Mm. I figured, like, okay, they're going to get him some help. But then what happens, Char? Then, um, the Green Goblin says, um... You know, oh, what was it? It was like God, God speed, God speed, Spider Man. Mm. And then he presses um, a button on his suit, and his glider, uh, you know, sprouts knives and comes flying at Peter and Norman. And then, you know, surprise, surprise, Peter jumps out of the way, and then Norman you know, gets impaled Mm -hmm. by his own glider. And then, I think, in a moment where they kind of ruin things, I think Norman Osborn looks down at his own impaled self and says something like, oops, or, oh no. Yeah, I think think they do that. (laughs) Like, he should have just died at that point, but I'm pretty sure he he... goes down and looks down at his own chest with blades struck through it and goes, whoopsie. Well, he also says, don't tell Harry. Oh, he does say, don't tell Harry. Which, Peter doesn't tell Harry. 
Or does Peter tell Harry? No, he doesn't. Okay, then I am confused by the ending here. Maybe you can explain it to me. Because they're at the funeral, right? Yeah. And Harry goes, an accident didn't happen to my father. Spider-Man killed him. Well, yeah, because Harry saw Spider-Man dropping his father's corpse in his father's study. Oh, okay. See, I missed that part. Yeah. All right. Man, that's so not stealthy. I mean, I don't think that Spider-Man was in a very good frame of mind after witnessing this man's death. But even, like, just to go back to Willem Dafoe's acting ability, and maybe this is how the movie's meant to be shown, but even I'm not aware of whether or not it was Norman talking to Peter at the end and Green Goblin got control at the last second, or if they had fused into one persona by then. I'm, I, can you shed any light on this for me? Um, so, in a scene where the Green Goblin and Norman are talking to each other earlier in the movie, it does seem that Norman is kind of bending to the Green Goblin's will, Mm. but I, it is kind of debatable as to whether, so I do... It is definitely Norman saying, don't tell Harry. Mm-hmm, yes. But the bit right before that. Where he's telling him that he needs help and he doesn't want to be the Green Goblin anymore. I think that that was probably just the Green Goblin. Okay. All right. Anyways, Willem Dafoe, highlight of this movie. I can see how the movie stood up on its own. When it first came out, I think that it is still worth a watch today, if only for Willem Dafoe's acting ability. Mm-hmm. And just as, like, you know, the beginning of American superhero movies. True. A little bit. The beginning of Spider-Man American superhero movies, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I would trace... Not to go off of Spider-Man in the Spider-Man podcast, but I would trace the beginning of modern superhero movies to Michael Keaton's Batman. Ah, yeah. With, um... But it's... Jack Nicholson as the Joker. It's still a very early example. It is still a very early example of a superhero movie. You can see that they hadn't quite figured everything out yet, and that very much shows with how the time jumps around with, like, just off-brand mentions to, like, very in-depth Spider-Man comic book characters. Like, they mention Doc Connors in one sentence, and that ends up being the lizard. Who doesn't even appear in who does not appear. Spider-Man They movies. mention Flash Thompson, like, once, who ends up being Venom. Like, they're... They're setting up a lot of things. Actually, I don't I don't think Flash Thompson even becomes Venom. No, not in this one. No. Um Eddie Eddie ends up becoming yeah. Venom. Um another another reporter. Yeah. Or photojournalist or whatever. Anyways, yeah, this movie's watchable. Uh Charlotte, where would you place this where would you place Toby Maguire on the Spider Man scale if we place zero as Andrew Garfield and ten as uh, Miles Morales in Into the Spider Verse. Um, I would, I would say that Tobey Maguire is about a five 
Because I feel like, in a lot of ways, he's just a very average depiction of a Spider-Man. Like, you know, the the Uncle Ben isn't really anything remarkable. He's he's not a huge bitch. He's not Martin Shane. Yeah. But, I um, guess... Yeah, this movie, Spider-Man, yeah. is really... I guess the benchmark upon which all other Spider-Man movies should be judged. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, this was the first, you know, real American Spider-Man movie. And we've had a lot of iterations of it since. Mm -hmm. I think what sums up the movie perfectly is, and I said this to you while we were watching it. While looking at this film, your mind has to settle upon one statement and that statement is Toby Maguire sure is on screen right now. Toby Maguire sure has a face. Toby Maguire sure has a face. Yeah, when uh when we were watching the movie, uh Daniel thought that Toby Maguire actually got hot like in the third movie and we'll he, talk about that yeah. in the two podcasts from now. Uh watch the, watch rewatch it. Yeah, I'll give it my stamp of approval. I'll say this one's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like, it's it's nothing super remarkable, but I feel like it's definitely good to see where we've come from in Spider-Man film history. Uh, until next time, I'm Daniel. Tobey Maguire sure has a face, Macaluso. And I am Charlotte. Mary Jane is not an actual person in this movie. Eggington. And this has been Web Slingers. Episode 3. Yeah. We gotta find a good outro to this show. Bye. Bye.